Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. On today's episode, we are not going to be talking about film and TV news. We're just going to be talking about the presidential inauguration very briefly. Uh, my name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I am joined on today's episode by Slash Film Managing Editor Jacob Hall. Hello, hello. Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And writer Squire Tran Bowie. Hey, everyone. And Chris Evangelista. Hello. Well, welcome to a new era in the United States of America, everybody. Um, we were going to just scrap today's episode of the podcast completely because the news has understandably been focused on the transition of power and there have, has not really been a ton of uh, worthwhile movie news. Uh, we were going to do a water cooler episode, but everybody's obviously very, very distracted by the real news that's out in the world right now. So instead of just scrapping the episode, we just figured we'd put out a short discussion today um, of just all of us just sort of like rawly reacting in the moment to what we just witnessed, uh, Joe Biden taking power as the president of the United States. So, uh, I mean, th this is going to be just a very, very quick, like free form conversation. <laughs> Nothing. I, I doubt any of us are going to be able to like provide any sort of, a, you know, super deep context for anything that we've seen going on. But I just figured um, this would be 
you know, after four years of um, basically all of us kind of feeling miserable, uh, I just wanted to take the temperature of the room and see how you guys are feeling today. So um, anybody, uh, go ahead. The floor is all of ours. It's opened up. We're living in a democracy again. <laughs> I'll start. It was good television overall. They had a Lady Gaga performance. They had a J-Lo performance. They had a Killer Poet performance. I mean, even Garth Brooks showed up for the people who maybe are a little less hip. And it was just like... It was very strange to see the celebrities come back out and make a political show feel like a, a show again. Democrats are, to, to quote um, uh, my friend Fo- Phil Nobile on, on Twitter, Democrats are better TV producers than Republicans. So no matter your politics, it was actually a fairly entertaining inauguration as far as a TV show goes. So that's my film critic, TV critic uh, hat being put on for this. <laughs> Excellent. Um, before we go much further, I wanted to give uh, a quick shout out to um, Amanda Gorman, who is the poet who came on and, and recited that uh, lengthy and, and really excellent uh, poem. I think she's from Los Angeles. They said she's like tw- in her early 20s. Um, and that was a very uh, moving moment. HC, you said that you spotted a, uh, <laughs> a Hamilton reference in there. Um, what, what did you make of that moment? Well, it's, it's not exactly a Hamilton reference. It's actually a reference to George Washington's original uh, speech when he stepped down from the presidency. Um, right. And- uh, I, I, I should have said uh, you you spotted or, or you your brain is so poisoned that you considered it to be a yeah. Hamilton reference. I joke that Hamilton ruined me because as soon as she said the fig tree quote, I just like heard it in my head from the tune from Hamilton. Hamilton the musical and uh, <laughs> but it didn't take me out of the poem because it was beautifully read and beautifully written and uh, Amanda Gorman is amazing I, I've never heard of her before but uh, Rolling Stone already uh, published a uh, profile on her like immediately after she appeared maybe they already had it on hand but um, I encourage you guys to read that if you have the chance but um, yeah I I just feel a big sigh of relief a big burden like not really on my shoulders i <laughs> not my shoulders that the burden is on but you know it just feels uh it feels like finally we can rest a little easier than we have for the past four years chris how are you feeling right now uh yeah i'm 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 feeling good um i know there's a i've seen a lot of people already like with this knee-jerk reaction to be like you know oh we can't take a breather for a moment because there's still a lot of work ahead and it's true you know things aren't miraculously better right now. There are a lot of problems to deal with and I have no idea how we're going to deal with them, but I feel like it's okay. If you want to take at least today to just breathe a sigh of relief. And, you know, uh, I, you know, it was a very, it was a very long four years. And in a lot of ways it was, it was worse than anyone could have predicted. So I think if you want to take, just the day to be like, well, thank God that's over, you know, as over as it can be for the moment. That That's okay. Don't, don't beat yourself up. People is what I'm saying. Just, you know, take the day, relax. Then tomorrow you can get back to worrying about everything. But uh, <laughs> yeah, for, for now I'm, I am relieved. I, I woke up this morning earlier than I needed to just to, to see uh, Trump get on his stupid helicopter and fly away and I, I'm just glad everything went off without a hitch, you know, even though uh, I didn't want to get too panicky. I, you know, after, after the events at, at the Capitol, I was slightly apprehensive, even though the DC is like in a huge lockdown, I was still nervous. Mm-hmm. Something might've happened. So I'm relieved that it all went off without a hitch. And at the same time, it sucks. It sucks that the only way we could have gotten it to go off without a hitch is to literally put a, a, 
fucking giant fence around DC and calling mm-hmm. the National Guard and all that stuff. And everyone's still wearing masks. And, you know, it's 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 surreal. It's like, yes, things are good, but, you know, things are in a very weird place right now. But uh, bottom line, I am I am relieved and I will hopefully stay relieved for at least at least, you know, three hours or something. No, yeah. <laughs> I, I have my fingers crossed that you'll stay relieved until tomorrow, at least, Chris. So I'm, I'm hoping that for you. Um, Brad, you haven't said anything yet. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm just glad that we can finally look forward to Zack Snyder's Justice League. You know, we got, <laughs> we got this out of the way and it's just straight on to the important things of 2021. Uh, no, no, it's I, uh, the, uh, the amount of relief can't, can't be understated. And like, uh, you know, um, we were just talking about how, you know, Democrats are better television producers and they make for more entertaining ceremonies like this. But I just appreciated that this just felt like a a normal thing again. You know, we have somebody who, uh, a president who, when they speak, not only do they speak in full coherent sentences and don't use the same hyperbolic adjectives over, over and over about how much they know and how big things are and how tremendous all the things they do are. It's, it's a president who is speaking, you know, for the country, for the people, saying things that, you know, actually inspire us and make us feel comfortable. And he, you know, this is a president who isn't being divisive in his rhetoric, who who reaches out to people who he knows are probably worried because they were so invested um, in, in the former president. I don't even want to <laughs> say, say his name, you know, and it's just it's just nice to have this feeling again of somebody who is sane, is willing to try to unite people, isn't trying to, you know, boost his ego or, you know, be this big man. He's just he's being the president and he's being a president of the people. And it was just nice to have this comfortable time when we didn't have to sit with dread and worry about what they were going that, you know, the president was going to do or say that was going to create more problems. And I just look forward to politics, hopefully getting back to some sense of just being boring again and not being this sideshow and this, you know, nonsensical circus where it's, you know, all this crazy things are happening. Obviously there's still, you know, going to be a lot of petty arguing and nonsense between the both sides of the aisle, but I think that we we're reaching a new time when we can just be calm about things, hopefully, and really do things that will help this country get back to a sense of normalcy. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I was uh, surprised to to see that uh, Kamala Harris didn't get to Vice President Kamala Harris. Wow, kind of incredible um, that she didn't get to speak. And then I was thinking like, Oh, I, I, I'm totally unfamiliar with the normal process for what presidential inaugurations are like. And then I was thinking back and thinking about it, and I don't think I've ever actually watched one. I think I've been working at a job where I wasn't able to, you know, step away and, and uh, watch TV or, or whatever when it was going on before. Have any of you guys watched previous uh, previous presidential inaugurations? You know, I have. I have a. It's not a, not fun at all, but it's an anecdote for that. So when Trump was inaugurated, I was still working at. Uh, my old office job, the job I had before uh, I joined Slash Film. And um, a lot of people in that office were just blatant Trump supporters, and I hated their guts. So I I knew they would all be talking about the inauguration that day, and I just didn't want to deal with it. So I took the day off, and I went to the movies, and I saw M. Night Shyamalan's Split. So that's how I spent the Trump inauguration. And it was an okay day because I didn't have to think about anything except the the major motion picture split. Thank you. I did not watch the Trump one, but I did watch the first Obama one. I watched both Obama um, uh, 
was this was there a second one for Obama? I can't remember. I know I watched. I think there is one. Yeah, because they said it was there was like the fifty sixth inauguration, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense because they I do have, it. Even I did watch both Obamas because I, I remember there being two of them, but I, I vividly remember the first one because I was in college with a roommate. I, I hated. He hated me. I hated him. We never spoke. We he, he, we'd leave each other condescending messages rather than speak. But we both sit next to each other and watch the inauguration, and it was the only time we ever connected. Wow, <laughs> so watching Obama, he swore. I've watched Man. previous ones because um, I I come, come from the DC suburbs, and I went to college in DC, where they, all my fellow students were obsessed with politics and the Hill. And then my job before Slash Film, I worked at uh, as I worked at this. Eh, not a great place. It was a, it was basically a conservative political magazine, um, and uh, I that was actually also where I was when the election, the twenty sixteen election went down. That was a real nightmare because uh, mm. <laughs> I don't want to think back on that. But um, we did cover the inauguration for at work, and um, yeah, it was very different from this. I remember the entertainers being really B level entertainers and being really amused by that they couldn't get anyone um i can't even remember who they were but uh they yeah there it feels like a return to the previous inaugurations of, of your uh the obama one which i also watched the second one I, I watched in college because all my fellow students were yeah big political nerds and um that felt so refined and um graceful and just like a class act and um it just felt like a return to that. So I'm happy that we got to see that again and um, don't have to relive the horror show that was the last four years and a little bit before that. And we'll hope, there's like a lot of healing to be done in this country, um, but we can think of that for, we can tackle it another day. Tonight, today is just a day for celebration, I think. Yes, well said. Uh, and and uh, Chris just posted a tweet in our Slack that uh, Amanda Gorman specifically said that uh, that those Ham- those uh, George Washington references in her speech were uh, references to, <laughs> to Hamilton. So that's wow. cool. Um, oh, Barry, all right. Uh, before we go any further, I, I think I know how I want to close this podcast out. Yes, I know Brad very graciously spoke about not wanting to say the previous president's name, and. I'm going to go against that because I've opened up the Gantrian book of insult, offense, and affrontery, sharp oh, yes. post, cost, equips, and put down to the losers section. Uh, <laughs> ben, can you please play Hail the Chief in post production under this? <laughs> yes. Donald Trump. He's so fond of hard luck, he runs halfway to meet it. Donald <laughs> Trump. Just as he's about to make both ends meet, something breaks in the middle. Donald Trump. He had a fine job tramping on grapes to make wine. They developed fallen arches. Donald Trump. <laughs> He's the guy who always gets to the party after the liquor's run out. Donald Trump. He's as forlorn and neglected as Whistler's father. Donald Trump. He's one person who can buy artificial flowers and have them die on him. Donald Trump. His motto is, let a smile be your umbrella. And he always gets a mouthful of rain. Donald Trump. You can always be counted on do the right thing too late or the wrong thing too soon. Donald Trump. Fuck you. Wow. He will <laughs> never recover from any of that. He's done. <laughs> if you live with a Sapien. The man Shit. you know has a, has a an insult for every former president, but especially Donald Trump. Man, yeah, uh, getting absolutely bodied by Louis A. Safian. I, I agree, Chris. I, I don't think there's any coming back from that. So. Crying in Florida right now when he listens to this because I know he's going to listen. 
Wow. All right. Well, that was cathartic, Jacob. I appreciate it. Even if I, as usual, didn't understand half the references that Sapien is making in that goddamn book. Um, Okay. Does anybody have any uh, any other closing thoughts? Any final uh, things here before we wrap up today's episode? Take it easy on yourself today. Like genuinely, please, like Chris said earlier, take a break today. You've earned it. Also, if you're thinking of like posting a review of this episode and being like, don't get political. Just, just stop. Just save it. We don't want to hear it. We're just, just stop. Just, we'll, we're going to delete your review. So don't do it. Yeah. Just, uh, just give us these 14 minutes, please. That's, that's what we need. So, all right. Uh, well, we will be back tomorrow with a full-blown water cooler episode. So thank you all for listening. And uh, I encourage you all to visit SlashFilm.com. If you're looking for something else to do today, check out the show. You can subscribe on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Send feedback, questions, comments, concerns, mailbag topics to us at Peter at SlashFilm.com. And if you want to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you all tomorrow.